Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. Today we have on the show Matt Wallach, a serial entrepreneur, podcast host, and founder of multiple companies, including Ringbot. Matt is on a mission to help software founders quickly scale to 1 million in monthly recurring revenue. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Hattie. How are you doing? Excellent. So take us to the top and explain to us how can a SaaS entrepreneur generate 1 million in MMR quickly? That's a great question. It's something that uh, a long time ago I was hoping to do when I started my first SaaS company, and uh, it didn't quite go quickly. It took a little while. I didn't know exactly what I was doing, and fortunately, over the years, I was able to figure it out, and each successive try got better and better, and uh, now I coach other founders on how to do that, and I have my own SaaS company doing the same. So my best tip is act like you belong. And so many times as you get started, we're scared, we're worried that people won't like us or our product or the solution doesn't do everything that the buyer might think or that the market wants just yet. We still need to deliver that trust. We need them to believe in us. We need the buyer on an individual level and the market as a whole to know that this is a company that has its stuff together, that the people behind it are smart, they're savvy, they're committed, and They care about solving the problems that this market has. If you can build that trust, if you can show them that you are somebody who can be counted on, can be relied on, knows what they're talking about, then that's huge. And so for every time I launch a company, I love the idea of make it look sharp. Make sure you've practiced your elevator pitch. Make sure you've practiced your spiel. Make sure you've practiced your demo over and over and over so that it's smooth and you can deliver it with confidence. And when you do talk to people about your product, they hear the passion that you have. They hear the desire that you have to help and to solve the problems. And it's amazing how that works. People start being drawn to you and they come to you and all of a sudden you start seeing deals happen. It's pretty cool, Hattie. That's amazing advice. If you were to pick a framework that has worked brilliantly for you to help you generate revenue, which one would you share with us? It's funny. I've got a lot. So as a software sales coach, I have a lot of different processes and formulas that I share. But the one that really has kind of changed the game for me is what I call my perfect deal process. The perfect deal process, the deal, D-E-A-L is an acronym. It stands for something. And it's something that you can use within your sales calls. It's a really great kind of method for making sure that your sales calls go exactly the way they should be and that they convert at a really high level. The way it goes is this, is the D in deal stands for discover. You need to learn about your buyers, not just the market as a whole and what people in this industry care about, which is really important, but on an individual level. When you're talking with a prospect, you need to dive into their story. You need to understand what they are all about. What are they focusing on? What are they trying to accomplish? What keeps them up at night? What are they worried about? And what are their goals? And if you can really understand that through a very, very dynamic discovery process, you're going to learn exactly what makes them tick and 
because you're asking questions in that manner and because you're diving in and because you care, because the questions are specific for someone in that industry, they're going to know that you are an expert and that you know what you're talking about. So even before you say anything about your company, they're already going to know this person is it. They mean business. This is the one that I should follow. So discover is number one. Second, the E, that's educate. If you can educate your buyers, if you can get them to understand that maybe there's a shift that's going on in the industry, maybe there is a cultural transformation that's happening that they need to be aware of, that's really, really critical. And it's really great if you can do that because buyers think that you're there just to sell them that you're there just to try and win a deal and close them. And so they have their wall up and they're trying to kind of block a sales pitch. But if you can educate them and if you can share with them something that is important for them and going to help them and make them better, even if it's not necessarily related to your product, they're going to bring that wall down. They're going to say, oh, wait, they're not trying to sell me right now? Okay, well, what do they say? Oh, they're trying to educate. They're giving me something. Wow. And it's amazing what happens. You can see the dynamic change on a call. You can see that buyer kind of warm up and be accepting of whatever you're going to say. And more than that, you're just helping your market. If you have a goal of growing your company, you really should have a goal of solving problems and helping your market. And if you can educate them on a mass level as well as on an individual level, it's going to be a great thing for them. It's going to be a great thing for you as well. So we discover, we educate. The A in deal is now associate. We need to associate our solution to their problems, to their needs and their goals. Once you've discovered everything, once you've educated them on some things that are happening that they need to be aware of, now you have a great lineup for this prospect. You have an opportunity with this prospect to share with them how they can solve these problems and overcome these challenges and avoid some of these crazy transformational shifts that are happening in the industry. So you need to associate your product, meaning show why this product is the perfect solution for them. And this is something I see when people are giving demos or going through a sales pitch. They just kind of go through a script and they say everything the same way every time. No, we need to associate our solution to this person, to what they are going through, which might be a little bit different than the next person or the previous person. And so we need to make sure that we have a malleable demo, something we can adjust so that we can share the exact right things for them. Companies who associate, it just becomes so easy to close demos because now you're showing them, hey, you have a problem, it's solved. This is it right here. And then the final one, L, that's lead. Lead means you are taking control of the sales process. The worst thing that can happen in sales is that we let the buyer have control. I know that we have been taught forever that the customer is always right. Everybody always says that. And I was in customer service prior to being in sales, and that was drilled into me, and I lived it and breathed it. It doesn't work in sales. In sales, we have to be in control. If they're coming to us, then they have a problem, and they need to solve that problem, and they're not quite sure how to do it, meaning you need to be the guide. You need to be the one showing them how to solve the problem. And it's super critical that you take control to do that. So lead means take the lead, 
Take control within the process, take control within your sales calls, and you will walk them right to the close very easily. So that's the perfect deal process. Discover, educate, associate, and lead. Companies who are doing that are succeeding extremely well. I have clients who went from a 10% close rate to a 60% close rate. I have a client named Mike who went from a 19% close rate to a 71% close rate because he's implemented that process alone. It's really, really important, Hattie. This is a great framework, uh, Matt. Amazing. You've been the creator of this process for the past 12 years, and this is a very long tenure for such a product. Do you remember your first customer who bought from you this process? The first customer who bought from me the process was me. I made the process for my own business, my own company, and my own team. I knew that we weren't closing deals the way that we needed to, and I wasn't able to show my team the right way to do it. For some reason, if I was able to do it, I couldn't get them to take it and learn it and run with it. And this is a big problem that a lot of software founders, in any founder in any industry have, is that a lot of times they can do it. But then getting it to the next step, getting it to the next person is a big challenge. And this is why a lot of companies kind of fail when they try to scale. Yes, the founder is able to make it happen, but then somehow it breaks. And I was seeing that big time. It was breaking. I was not able to get the information out of my head to the next person. I needed a process. I needed a formula to give to them. And that's when I processized everything that I had been doing successfully and came up with this model. From that, I was able to get people on board, ramp them up quickly. They started closing just as well as I did. And after those first two guys that I hired, I knew we had something here. If I was able to bring them on, get them up to speed quickly, and they're closing as well as me, now we can really scale this. And that's when we really took off. We started hiring dozens of people and just blew it out of the water. Then I had other people coming to me saying, hey, this is pretty cool. Can you share with us what happened and how you did that? And that's when I started to share the model with friends at first. And then once you know, I had a couple exits, then I was able to have kind of open up shop as a coach and say, hey, anybody who wants to learn how to scale quickly and learn how to close a lot of deals, come see me. I've been very fortunate that uh, hundreds of companies around the world have taken me up on that. And now I've shared that with many, many different companies who are using it very successfully. That's great, Matt. So I believe you have definitely more than 100 customers on this product. Do you recall what was your initial strategy to get those 100 customers any content strategy, any sales funnel strategy that you can share with us that would be helpful for our audience? Yeah, for sure. So when I first became a coach, I knew how to sell software. I knew how to grow software companies. I had no idea how to coach. <laughs> I knew that I had a lot of information to share. Uh, I just didn't know how to do that best. So I had some great people who helped me kind of package that. I also had some great people who helped me understand the best way to share the word. And what it was, was just share value get online, start sharing value. What I did, I was on LinkedIn big time. Every day I was posting about something that somebody could do to help themselves. And the way that people see this, it's so funny, Hadi, because back in the day, the thinking was don't share all that information because if you do, then nobody's going to buy from you. And then you just lost your chance. They're going to, you're just going to give it to them for free and then they're gone. Well, I can understand why someone think that. In fact, I used to think that but it actually works the opposite way. If you share something that's valuable, that helps somebody and they say, wow, this is amazing, I can do it. They see that and they say, well, that's what they're sharing for free. What are they doing if you pay them? It must be even better. It must be amazing. And so 
as a coach, I said, hey, well, I'm just going to start sharing. And every day I was posting on LinkedIn and suddenly people started liking what I was posting and talking about. And they were getting help from the things I was putting out there. And then I would start having people message me and say, hey, you know, we have this problem. Have you ever seen that? And I would get on, a, on the phone with them and they would realize that I could help them. And so they become a coaching client. It's kind of funny how it builds, but it was a lot of effort at the beginning. There was a lot of time spent online posting and helping and guiding and Eventually, people saw the benefit and started coming to me. But I think that's what it is. You kind of said it. It's a content strategy. That content morphed. We started a podcast. I say we because I have an awesome team that really does all the work. I just get on the on the microphone and talk. <laughs> but uh, back in the day, it was all me getting it all set up and making it happen. We have a blog that we have three or four posts a week. So we have now a content strategy where we get people from Google. We have all kinds of different methods. Another thing that I think is really important that not a lot of people are doing successfully is a lead magnet. A lead magnet would be some sort of document or spreadsheet or something like that that is valuable to your market, that your market wants, that you can use to drive leads. And it would be a very top of funnel, light commitment lead where they just put in their email. And that's a very light level of commitment. Hey, put in your email and you can download the five worst mistakes that so-and-so make when trying to do whatever, whatever your market's doing. And all they need to do is put in an email. Well, if you can position that correctly and put it in front of the right people, they're going to say, yes, I want to make sure I'm not making any of those mistakes. And they download it. Now you have their email. This is where a lot of companies fail is they don't know how to nurture those leads and get them into the next step. What we do is we kind of make sure that we take them along easy. We don't force them to say, okay, now you did this very light thing. Now you need to buy from us. No, it's, hey, what else do you need help with? How else can we serve you? And it's very help focused. It's very value focused. And because of that, people become more and more committed and connected to us. And they realize that we can help. We do the same thing within our SaaS companies. And it's amazing how just helping and sharing and giving value brings customers. It's a pretty cool thing, Hattie. No, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the idea of sharing information and some people are afraid to disclose their tactics because at the end of the day, even if you know the frameworks, even if you know the tactics, it's all about execution and not only execution, but the ability to be patient, to experiment, to fail, and then to come back and find solution. It takes time, as you said, to build all of this. It's not like a click of a button or how other promoters show it that, hey, if you buy this from me, you're going to get rich the next day. And they give you the framework, but once you try it, it doesn't work because the reality is it's not the framework. It's your ability to work on the framework and figure out that sometimes it doesn't work. You have to switch things around and then you have to stick with it and then you have to be patient and then it works. That's amazing that you've shared that information. You've you. launched in April two companies uh, Ringbot and uh, Toro Wave. Tell us a little bit about uh, those companies and how did you decide to launch two simultaneous company at the same time? I believe launching one company is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, truth be told, it actually is one company. It's one software platform with two different markets that it serves. And so with the two markets, we have two different names, two different brands, and so two different websites. And it, so it looks like two. Uh, admittedly, I agree, that would be crazy to launch two at the same time, even with a strong team. But it is one company that's just marketed to a couple of different uh, types of people. And we actually didn't launch it. This was a situation that was new to me. We acquired this company. 
this is something where I wasn't in the SaaS game anymore. I had had some good exits and some good fun, but I was coaching and helping people. But then this opportunity kind of crossed my desk and it looked like an amazing company. The founder had built it up to be a very strong company with some great customers, but he had other things going on. He had other things he was building and he was also more of a builder. He didn't really love or relish the idea of scaling and taking the company beyond where it was. And so uh, it was kind of a natural fit. I knew exactly how to do that and how to scale it. And so uh, we made a transaction. I have a partner as well, and my wife also is part of it. And it's been a ton of fun. We've gotten in. We've gotten to know the people who are already customers and members of our program. They are fantastic. Uh, it's really fun. In fact, I just had a session with them yesterday where I gave them some training and on how to sell, and it went really well and got to share with a lot of them and got to meet a lot of them, which is fantastic. They're cool people. And we have some big goals. We've got some uh, cool things we're doing and going to be implementing and rolling out here in the next few weeks. And I'm fortunate that you know I'm just going to be following my own advice on what I coach other people and just kind of following the same path. The cool thing is a, a lot of my clients are going to be able to see how I implement the same stuff I'm, I'm coaching them and helping them do. And it's going to be a fun ride. I'm really looking forward to it. Amazing. Let's dig to where your podcast and then we'll zack to some personal questions. So you've been doing your show for the past two years and you have an impressive 224 episodes. Take us to the beginning. Why did you decide to start it? And when did you see that there's enough traction for you to continue bringing those episodes to your audience? Yeah, good question. So I didn't know if anybody would ever listen to it, <laughs> to be honest. I just knew that I think there's stuff I can help people with, and maybe there's another avenue to do it, and I can share some things, and also there's a lot of super smart people. As I started to get going with my coaching business, I started to meet some amazing people, not just my clients, but also other people who were helping, and I said, hey, why don't we just have these conversations taped because I was having great conversations. We were talking about awesome stuff and ways of generating this and that. And I said, hey, why don't we just start recording this? I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear these things. And so it was kind of on a whim. I'm like, well, let me just do this. And I kind of thought, oh, well, having a podcast, like that's got to be hard to do. And I started to realize, well, there's some tools that make it quite easy. Well, maybe we can do this. And so got three or four people that I had known and I trusted and believed in online. And we filmed the first few episodes. I think we released four or five at once to just kind of get it launched. And then from then on, it was every week. I just said, hey, I want to line up some smart people, some good people. You know, we've had Nick Mehta, the CEO of Gainside. We've had Colin Stewart, the CEO of Predictable Revenue. And the list goes on and on. It's kind of cool the amount of people who've come in. Dan Tyre from HubSpot, amazing dude. It's just fun. And Eric Sue, who came on the show, and a lot, of, a lot of you might know Eric Sue, Level Up. He had great insight for me, for his show. What he does is he didn't optimize to try and make a lot of money off of his show. And he has a great show with Neil Patel, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that. But he didn't optimize to have a lot of money be made out of it. He optimized for learning. And once I heard that, I realized, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. And then I even tried to point towards that even more. How can I learn? Because if I can learn something from people, then I'm sure that it's going to be really helpful for others as well. And so with my show, I've just been trying to optimize for learning. And here we are a few years later, it's going great. I have now it's to the point where we've got a great following and we have people that are I don't have to seek them out anymore. We have a lot of people that just request to come on the show. And we're lucky that we kind of get to make our pick of who we get to uh, put in front of everybody. But 
it's super fun. I really enjoy it. Like I said early on, it was a lot of work, but now I've got a great team that runs it for me and I'm really grateful for them. But I do love having those conversations every week. I sit down with somebody. It's super fun seeing their story and learning about them. And that's what it is. It's called SaaS Story in the Making, kind of like History in the Making, but it's about their company, their story, and, and how they were able to achieve success and kind of some of the challenges that they overcame and how they overcame them. And it's great for me to hear how they did it. It's great for others to hear so that they can learn and follow the same path. As an early start with your podcast, your brand was not known. How did you attract your guests? How would you convince them to come and, you know, chat with you and offer their learnings as well to your audience? Well, for most of them, I had built a relationship with them. And most of them I built the relationship with online, just through our connections. They saw my posts. Maybe they liked it or commented. I would maybe like or comment on their posts. We'd start a relationship through private message and start to recognize each other and say, hey, looks like you're doing great stuff. Awesome job. It wasn't always like, hey, I've never heard of you, but come on my show. It was much more of a gradual bringing into it. Uh, one of the guys, Pedro Cortez, who's probably the foremost landing page expert in the world for SaaS companies. Uh, we had a great relationship well before he came on the show. And it was just easy at that point. You know, we trusted each other. We knew each other. It's like, hey, you want to come on the show? Yeah, great. Okay, cool. And so for me, it's just about building relationships. Most of the people that come on would be considered either SaaS company CEOs who are going to share their story or somebody who helps SaaS companies, somebody who's a growth expert, a, a marketer, a sales expert, somebody like that so that I can give value to the audience. And uh, a lot of those people I just kind of had a relationship with. Now, a lot of them I don't know. They come to us and we don't have to pitch anybody anymore. We get a lot of people that just kind of send us emails every month as the show's gotten bigger and more popular. There are booking agents out there that line up guests for you and we get to kind of pick which ones might be the best for our audience. And so the getting started is... It could be perceived as hard, but uh, I mean, it's just about building relationships in your industry. And if you can do that, then it can be a lot of fun. Amazing advice. Let's shift a little bit to another set of questions on your personal journey. How important has failure been to you? Failure is great. It hurts at the time. Everybody who always says, oh, failure, you need that. Well, yeah, you need it, but it sucks and, and it's not fun. Uh, and I've hit the wall many times. I smacked into the pavement face first many times and it's not fun when you, you're out there hustling and trying and what it does is you lose confidence. And so the next thing you try doesn't go so well. In fact, there's studies that show that the most likely time that you are likely to close a deal is right after you closed a previous deal. And that's because you're so confident. You're feeling so high. You feel so good about it. But other side of that would be you're least likely to close right after you lost a deal. And so for me, I lost a lot of deals and I lost a lot of things happening. I had a lot of bad situations in our companies and the learning from that I still have and I still apply and I still make sure that I'm doing everything I can to prevent it. It motivates me to continue to work hard. It motivates me to try and stay positive. The good thing about having that many failures is you know that the next upswing is right around the corner if you just keep working hard. So I try to keep my confidence up. I try to, to realize, hey, I need to work to get another good thing to happen, another deal closed, another whatever. And that work pays off more often than not. This is great advice. As an entrepreneur, it's always 
lonely at the top. And a lot of these entrepreneurs have anxieties, a topic that a lot of people don't talk about or avoid or hide. Have you suffered from entrepreneurs' anxiety and how have you dealt with that? With entrepreneurs' anxiety, are you talking about believing that you can't do it, you can't make it? It could be this and it could be, you know, when you wake up every day, you know that you have employees, you need to pay salaries, you're worried about hitting your sales targets, you're worried that your content might not work well with your audience. Any type of anxiety that's on a day-to-day basis an entrepreneur is suffering from. Oh, so much, so much. And to add on to that, we coaches, we always believe, and it's so funny, as many people as we've helped, I I talk in coaching circles, we still, even big world-renowned coaches, and I feel it all the time myself, we feel like, uh uh-oh, we might not be able to help this person, or we might not be able to help this person. And we always are wondering, what if I can't help them? And so you've got the entrepreneur thing, you're right, as an entrepreneur, you're like, what if you know I can't make payroll, or we can't close this deal, or whatever it is. There's always that in the back of the head, even after you've had big success. But I think it's a great motivator. I think we're wired that way so that it motivates us. And so it drives us. If we didn't have that, if we didn't have that bit of fear, if we didn't know that there was a bear that could be chasing us, then we might not run so hard and we might not work hard to make good things happen. So for me, I I know it's there. I feel it all the time. I'm like, oh, what if buying this company wasn't a good idea? (laughs) Despite all the due diligence I've had and the great conversations I've had, it's always there, but that's motivating. That makes me work hard. That drives me. That drives the team. And I think it's a positive thing that it's there because I don't think that people would work very hard if they didn't have it. Thank you for sharing that. One last question. What's next? (laughs) What's next? I don't know if I need to do much more. I, I love helping people. I love our company that we've got building. It's so much fun to work with our team and to keep pushing it forward. And my clients, whenever my clients come to me and say, Matt, before we came to you, we were about to shut our doors. It was over. You are our last hope. We are so grateful to you for showing us the right path, for getting us on the right track, that it's just unbelievably, the joy that I feel when I hear that, that makes everything for me. You know, my family is number one. I've got a great wife, two beautiful girls, and that is amazing. But right after that is hearing somebody that was able to gain from something I helped them with is everything. Matt, this was an amazing episode. Thank you for being part of our show. We wish you the best of luck with your ventures. Thanks, Hattie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers.